0: Really loud? Yeah, really loud. You're going to turn down your roadcaster. Folks, I mean? I'd like to know if you're hearing that loud or if it's just Radio Free Mormon who is.
1: Oh, my gosh. So let us
0: know in the, in the comments.
1: out all over the soundstage.
0: Hey, one little thing you would want to do. In your settings, the very last box says to control the volume, to adjust the I volume. I What's am. What? I'm talking to you. Okay. I'm talking to you. you it, in like the you settings, like, if you'll... Yeah. In the settings, if under your audio, if you'll have the last box checked, which says for it to monitor and adjust your volume without you having to do it
1: under the audio
0: that might be part of. Yeah. So in the settings under, uh, under audio, the very last one is automatically adjust mic volume. It's and checked. if you, cl- yeah, make sure that one's checked. Okay. Well, I don't think anybody else is experiencing the loud sound. So, oh, it was louder than usual. People are saying Good. it was Aha! well there. See? Didn't mean to blast your ears with our applause.
1: We have a very enthusiastic audience tonight. By the way, if anybody even cares anymore, it's a blue t-shirt with yes, Thor, the mighty Thor.
0: Yeah. Do you know the name? He's of not Thor- much without that hammer. What's that?
1: Do you know the name of Thor's hammer? By the way, Thor's hammer. Very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have some lovely parting gifts for you, Mister Real. <laughs>
0: I didn't. I didn't even have to play plinko, so I got a gift yeah. without having to do that.
1: But guess what? This is Mormonism Live. It's episode number one sixty-two. Today's date is January tenth, two thousand and twenty-four, and the title of tonight's show is Temple Madness. What is? It? Is that a, like a, a riff on something, Bill?
0: Well, Temple you Temple, guys came. You guys came up with the name Temple Madness. Um, but I decided to create the thumbnail, I asked you guys for permission, of course, got consent. I'm a big believer in that. But, uh, I suggested that we do it in the theme of reefer madness, uh, which was sort of that like film showed to kids back in like high school in the seventies to show them that using marijuana was a bad thing.
1: Might have even been in the fifties. I'm not sure, but yeah, it goes back yeah. a ways. It reefer been. Madness. Okay, so the whole idea of tonight's show, and by the way, here's how tonight's show came about, folks, is that uh, Bill at first thought he was not going to be able to be here on Wednesday, and so it fell to me. I said, fine, fine, I'll take care of it, which means I immediately called someone else, and that someone else I called was Rebecca Bibliotech, and I said, hey, can you come on the show Wednesday? Next to no notice, right? But I figured she'd be up for it, and she was, but um, I suggested we interview her, And she says, no, I don't want to be interviewed. I don't want to talk about my life story. Let's have a subject. And if parts of my life come out as part of that, that's okay. And I I said, okay, so what do you want to do? She says, well, why don't we talk about the strange and sometimes humorous incidents that happened to Latter-day Saints in the temple? And I said, boom, absolutely. And you're going to be on, you're going to be a guest uh, and it's your idea. So can we just bring her on the screen? (laughs)
2: Oops, let me get Hello. Rid of that.
1: <laughs> drawn and quartered.
3: I Hello, was, not Hello. This, how are both of you tonight?
1: I'm doing great. Today. So doing good. That is doing a good enough job giving you credit for tonight's show.
3: I see how you carefully laid that out. That's right. Temple madness. That was all me.
1: Thank <laughs> you so much. And I know Maven is with us tonight as well. Yep. And
4: there I she is. Adjusting my camera angle. <laughs> Sorry. Just FYI. Sure.
0: I'm going to jump off really quick. Quick, reset my computer and I'll be back, but you guys continue on. Um,
1: Okay, that's too bad because I needed him, but I bet uh, maybe you can help me out here. Um, What we're going to do is each of us is going to tell a story relating somehow to the temple, and then we're going to open it up, and we may open it up to calls um, even in between stories that we're telling, but uh, we're very interested in hearing the stories that audience members have had relating to the temple, and we've got a couple ways of doing that. And one of which is you can call in and what is that number? It has three sixes in a row someplace in it. <laughs> yeah. And a bunch of seven. Um,
4: I will get it up on the banner, but it is six six two six six seven six 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 seven. So I will sure. get that up.
1: Okay, thank you so much. So you can call into the show with your uh, temple story, or if you're in the live chat, is this correct, Maven? If you're in the live chat, yeah, right there. You can click on that StreamYard link. If you've got a computer which has camera, microphone, most of them come equipped,
4: Whoops. then That's you can do that. That's not quite what I wanted. Sorry. <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. There, no, there was i – I'll fix it.
1: <laughs> okay. And so if you can appear magically on the screen to tell your story if you want to do that. So we'll try and juggle this as best we can. And are you still working on that, Maven?
4: There it is. And so I will six, also put it in the comments. So I have it on the screen now. Let me go ahead and put it in the comments.
1: Write that down. Um, six six two six six seven six 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 seven. 667
4: 6667 And so if you're watching from YouTube, you should be able to click the link that I will eventually get up here. So thank you for your patience, everyone. And uh, yeah, do you want me to start off with Would my you story? Would Is there more?
2: Okay. No, that's it. All right. You're up to bat. <laughs>
4: Okay, this is one that I've told before, so it's it's going to be familiar to to some people. But uh, this is about my very first time going through the temple. You know, your your whole life, and especially your teenagehood, you're uh, it, it kind of funneled to this ending to someday end up going through the temple. I, I well, actually, not even just teenagerhood, but it's just it's there where they're really worried that you'll mess it up uh, with sex or you know the opposite sex, I guess, and ruin your chances. Anyway, so. I finally get there and I'm going through as preparation for my mission. I, I get through all of it. I'm in the um, I'm in the celestial room and I'm actually I'm feeling pretty OK and decently calm. I think really I was relieved to have finally gotten there and finally, you know, made this achievement, uh, you know, been inducted in as a, an adult in, in the religion anyway. Um, I'm feeling good and the room is quiet and it's peaceful. And there was this older lady from my ward that came up to me and I'm a very short person, but she happened to be someone that's shorter than me. So I remember just looking at her, she's got the white curly hair. She's looking up at me and she has a smile on her face as she tells me in just a really bizarrely jovial tone that it used to be really different when she went through the temple. And as she's smiling, she explains to me that uh, we used to mime slitting our throats and disemboweling ourselves. And she does the actions right there in front of me. And I just remember being hit with just how awful and barbaric that sounded to me to, that that was part of the oath, that there was penalties. She explained that there used to be penalties and that that, that people would physically do those kinds of actions in the temple that's the most sacred of all places. Um, And again, just the bizarre way that she had the smile on her face, like it was nothing, you know, just back in my day, (laughs) we were a little intense about this. I know It was something (laughs) that was like deeply disturbing to me at the time. And I had to scramble for like, my brain had to scramble to try to solve that cognitive dissonance. And there was a legitimate kind of record scratch moment where just, every like my brain froze to try to figure out a way to kind of make this okay it was just a really abrupt ending to the whole ceremony and everything and and just very very bizarre and that's yeah. my story
1: how interesting and you know sometimes that can be used for dramatic effect i think was it Forrest Gump where they have the um oh the the vietnam scene where they're dropping all the napalm on everybody and the background music that they're playing while all this is happening is Louis Armstrong singing What a Wonderful World. Mm. Right?
4: I, I don't think that was her intent.
1: No, but, but it sounds like it was similar. It,
4: yeah, it the effect, it had made it far more eerie Yes. than if she had had a more serious face as she was explaining something like that.
1: Yes. Well, I'm glad she didn't tell you what they used to do to the puppies on the altar. Oh, no. So, uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, so thank you very much for that. Now, Bill Reel is back. By the way, do I we am? have any phone calls yet or anything showing there up? There
0: are interview? there are three, two or three calls in the in the bank right now. Yes.
1: Oh, well, you want to just grab one and then we'll go. Let's to
0: you. do it. Let me. Uh, let's grab this. So let's see. Here, I believe we have maybe a Wendy on the phone. Wendy, are you there?
5: Oh hi, this is me. Am Wait. I on, Josh? You are. Can you on? hear me?
0: Is it too loud, RFM? Yeah. Man. Gosh, I'll turn it down.
5: Okay, I apologize. There's a delay. I'm moving away from where my I'm moving away from my my husband's watching you because there's a delay, and so it was throwing me off. I yeah, I have hilarious. only funny stories in the temple, but I'm going to share what I think is the best one. I'm talking too loud. I can hear it. I'm from New York. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not you. It's it's our sound. My brother was I just getting married. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, my brother was getting married in the Logan Temple. My sister-in-law was going through the night before. My sister and I were, you know, both endowed. We've both been on missions and gotten married ourselves. So we're watching this ceremony and the old man in charge that was standing in the front was mouthing it all. The whole entire thing, he's mouthing it. And I made a comment at the end to my sister, some dry, sarcastic thing about how he must have been working in the temple a long time because he had it memorized. And my sister starts giggling. And I start giggling. And we start having a laughing fit. And <laughs> she felt so bad. She apologized to the matron who ripped her a new one. And then me did being this, the supportive be sister fact- that I was was like, Why did you apologize? <laughs> what?
1: Wendy are I'm you. I'm sorry, giggling say in that in again. Are you giggling in the middle of the endowment session?
5: No, we, we were we were outright lashing toward the end. We were outright la- no. It was at the end. We waited to the end. <laughs> it was when we okay, were well, waiting nothing, to go into the room. Or or the the yeah, it happened at the end. That's why I didn't feel bad. <laughs> I didn't feel bad at all. But my sister felt really bad and tried to apologize, and she got shredded. She, they, they, they said we had ruined my sister-in-law's experience, da 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 To this day, I, I disagree. And I thought it was the funnest thing I'd ever had happen in the temple.
1: But anyway. Yes, oh my gosh. So, yeah. Well, it was just ruined, that all.
5: Yeah. That
1: funny, so anyways,
5: that's funny, So anyway, that's my favorite one. Okay, you guys. We love you guys. My husband and I love you. We love watching you. Thank See you, you. later. Thank
1: you so much, Wendy. This is why there's not supposed to be any loud laughter. In the temple, right. is there anybody else? I, I was laughing yeah, for that got more RFM if Just, them.
4: just so you know, you were what? I was laughing. Uh, we got more at if you that want that them. My Sebastian? No, at the at the no loud laughter. Are, are you
1: Sebastian? Sebastian? Sebastian, yeah. But it didn't. But it was just ruined. That's all. You don't know that?
0: No, I mean I knew that ger- it was a German accent you were using, but it's supposed to be
1: Jamaican man.
0: Eh, hey, man. I don't know it's what a that crap. is. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, it sounded Little German to me. Little
1: Mermaid, but she didn't show up for rehearsal. For okay, never mind. So moving right along with the show, who do we have up next, Bill?
0: Well, uh, we can take. I believe there's a person named Lee on the phone. Lee, are you there? Hello. Hello. Yeah. What's the name?
6: Oh, hi. My name is
0: Heidi. Heidi. It said, hi, Lee. Okay. Hi, so go yeah. ahead.
6: Oh, Heidi. Yeah, Sorry. Heidi.
0: We got it now. It's
6: been a long day.
2: Now we're cooking <laughs> with gas.
6: There we go. Um, so basically i was going to share a time when I did my great aunt's endowments for her, for, you know, the dead, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, it's been a long day and I was in the Seattle temple and It was a super long day and I was tired and I started to nod off because once the movie turned on, it was nap time, right? I, I swear, I don't know how to explain this or how to frame it anymore, but I felt a nudge in my rib cage and a wake up girly in my ear and no one said a thing next to me. So I have no idea what that was and now. Then I thought it was my Aunt Harriet. Now, not a clue.
1: But, yeah, it was kind of my story. Ghost. Ghost. You got a nudge from the Holy Ghost.
6: It might have been. <laughs> well, I like that. Yeah, I have no idea what it was, but.
1: What? Yeah, what do you, what do you think it was now?
6: I don't know what it is. Um, I'm having a hard time reframing things since I no longer believe in the church or the things, you know. So I don't know. Maybe just my own conscience trying to wake myself up because I was feeling guilty. I don't know.
1: For sleeping <laughs> during the <Really>? movie. <laughs> I don't know. What the, it. So what side did this come from, your left or your right? My left. Was there someone sitting there? there Cause this is my first thought.
6: Well, yeah, but when I looked, she, didn't,
1: there, she was asleep too, so. she was faking. I don't know. Safe. Yeah, I, I was her.
6: on the end.
1: You were on the end?
6: Uh, yeah, we were all sleeping, you know. I was on the end, yeah. I was on like the aisle end and she was to my left. So, yeah, well, no, I don't know what it was, but it was something.
1: Yeah. well, I'm Maybe it was my great aunt saying,
6: wake up and run. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or wake up so you remember my new name.
6: Uh, I don't remember her new name. I barely remember mine, Lucy, but, you know. <laughs> oh, was I didn't share my new name on YouTube.
1: It. Oh, no. That's all that's important is that your aunt remembers.
6: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. This is true, it's only important if she remembers it, not me, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you go on with the show, but I love you guys, you guys have helped me a lot with
1: deconstructing, I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you, Heidi. Heidi, thank you so much for calling in. Yep, have a good night.
0: You too. So, so just FYI, RFM, when you and the caller are talking at the same time, it kind of like fuzzes out both of you. And so we can't hear. Oh, yeah. Heidi one. was interrupting me a lot, wasn't she? She, no. Well, yeah, that's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Heidi's interrupting me. Okay. I, I kid. I kid. I'm the interrupter. Yeah. All right. Just so. he doesn't know that. <laughs> All right. So I think we've got, is yeah. Martine down there? Martine has uh, logged in. Yeah, let's bring her on.
2: 14. how are Hi,
1: you doing?
7: Good. Oh, I see my phone. That is, that is the phone.
1: second biggest cell phone I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> how do you even pick that thing up? Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay.
7: <laughs> I so you got,
1: you've got a great story about the temple, don't you?
7: Yeah, I, I wrote you today about that. So I live in Salt Lake City and I have for nearly 30 years. And so... Um, from 1995 until 2010, when I quit attending the temple, the Salt Lake Temple was my temple. Uh, I one of the things I liked actually was the live actors because you never knew what to expect. Uh, there was a lot. There was often not always, but often a little surprise around the corner. So this one is, was probably the, was like yeah the biggest one. So this was a ward temple night. Um, so it was a week night, and it was the last. Uh, session of the day, so we're doing the last session of the day. And in Salt Lake, in the past, before President Nelson tore it all up, you moved from room to, from room to room. So you moved through four rooms, and so we were upstairs in the world room, and uh, Satan makes several appearances there. And um, the last appearance he makes, if you remember, you know, he comes in and he looks, if, if it's the film, he looks right in the camera. And I am I was able to quote it this afternoon, but I might not. Uh, so we got to the point where Satan was to make his last appearance, where he says, I have a word to say concerning these people. And I won't quote anymore in case it should offend some people, but you know what he says. And... So we sat there and Satan didn't come in and we sat and we sat and Satan wasn't coming to say his last lines and nobody was moving, nobody was making, you know, I mean, yes, like temple workers were trying to figure out what was going on. We probably sat there for 15 minutes And then suddenly Satan came in, said his lines and left. And we moved on to the terrestrial room and eventually the celestial room. When uh, I can't remember exactly where it happened, if it was in the celestial room, but someone found out what had happened. Satan, it was his last session of the day. Satan forgot that he had to come back, that he wasn't done. So there were, running around the temple trying to find him found him as he before he made it to the parking lot told him he needed to come back obviously so the thing is you know as mormons you got to find there's got to be a purpose for this so uh Let's see, what did I I say this morning? Of course, there had to be a lesson to be learned about this. And I'm sure I participated in that. Why did this happen? You know, this was, it was unusual too, because it was with our whole ward, you know, so we all knew each other. Obviously, there were other people, but you know, we were there as friends. And, you know, someone said, well, it just showed us that Satan is a necessary part of the plan. We could not progress without Satan. We were not gonna move out of that room. I don't know if they were, you know, if they were gonna make us wait until the next morning when (laughs) Satan was gonna show up, but we weren't going anywhere. And not and we weren't told anything either. So anyway, that's probably my
1: so (laughs) Peter banished Satan all the way to the parking lot.
7: Apparently.
2: Satan and I have I have to
7: slip in one other one quickly because of the previous scholar that said something about I don't remember. The, the her great uh new name, uh, we did a session for my husband's uh, parents' 50th anniversary. And yes, I'm the one who suggested we do a big family session oh. for to celebrate a 50th anniversary. And we are celebrating our 50th this year. And I can't imagine <laughs> doing a temple session. But anyway, it was in the South Lake Temple and it was super crowded because it was the last day before the Christmas holidays. So you had all the weddings, new brides and all of that. They had chairs in the aisles. And um, I sat down, I was on the very last row, sitting between a couple of Stuart's aunts. And suddenly I went, I don't remember the new name, which often happened to me. I don't remember the new name. And one of Stuart's aunts leaned over and whispered in my ear a female
1: dog those are the words she said so this is like (laughs) supposed to be a hint
7: book of mormon there's not very many women in there
1: so the new name was fluffy taffy (laughs) (laughs) what's a female dog that sounds like a seinfeld episode Mulva? Well, I'm thinking
0: I'm thinking I a be- B word, <laughs> but that's not in the Book of Mormon.
3: No. Yes, yes, yes. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. Your new name was bitch. <laughs> okay, I Book thought I Mormon, had some weird what? temple Book stories to share. Right I can't top here. that. A-bish. Can't A-bish. top it.
1: Worst temple name ever.
3: Abish.
1: Oh. A-bish.
7: Oh my A-bish. god. <laughs> Just oh, like you, it, it did you not help. Female
1: dog, and the answer is a bitch.
7: Yeah.
0: What is the did second token of the Melchizedek priesthood? <laughs> Does it have a name? I will give it to you through the veil, bitch.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was supposed to help me, but did it, it didn't. I.
1: What did it you think? What did you think when you it? realized what it really was, and then you figured out what she was trying to hint to you?
7: I, it didn't. I was just so stressed at not remembering that it didn't help me, but anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> and it took me years to realize you did not have, you know, when they say, if any of you have forgotten the new name, please stand. You don't have to do that. But it took me years to realize that because at the veil they're going to tell you, and nobody knows it. you're not thinking the new, the, the, the new name.
1: And so how, I, how is anybody gonna know if you don't think it in your head? Of course, you do have to. Knows, you do you have know, to stand I, and deliver times at the end.
7: I stood up and and you know raise your hand because you don't remember the new name. But anyway, so those oh are my like, probably this best.
1: Is, two it's like temple, temple password.
3: Thirty-five years. <laughs> That's where
1: it is. A bitch. <laughs> and you're like oh, a female <laughs> dog.
3: Okay. <laughs> Well, it's thank better you so than Nimrod, much. right? Better than Nimrod, the guy. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: right. I hope that's not really a name for guys. It is. So, is it? Because I skated then.
3: It may have No, it been, really yeah. is. It is a name. It used Nimrod. to be a revered name of an intellectual, but it is since you know ever since I think it's Elmer Fudd that turned it into a not so complimentary term, Nimrod.
1: <laughs> right. Well, he was a great hunter before the Lord, as we read about in Genesis. Exactly.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, Martine, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
7: (laughs) Great show, as always.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Now we've we talked to a number of people. I don't mean to disregard the audience, but I know that um, Bill. Bill's next on the the list of the people who are in studio right here, and then we're going to get to Rebecca. If there's any time, I'll say something. But Bill, we went Maven. Now it's Bill. Bill, tell us your story, please.
0: Yeah, uh, this isn't the one. uh, Well, I told you part of this today in the phone call, but I again convert 17 years old. I joined the church. I don't have a clue really what the heck I joined in terms of Sunday Mormonism versus this temple experience, which, you know, you get used to Sunday Mormonism, which has at least a little bit of like normal church feel to it. It's it's weird too, but for the most part, it's like normal Sunday church experience. The temple is something completely other and they have temple prep class. I am uh, getting ready to go to temple. I'm 18 years old now. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to turn 19. I'm going to take my dear girlfriend to the Washington, D.C. temple, get endowed, get sealed the next day. So I go to temple prep. It's like uh, six weeks long or something. Every Wednesday night I show up, and uh, my father-in-law is the teacher of the temple prep class. And when he's explaining what's going to happen with the washing and anointings, and he doesn't really want to tell me anything, as everybody already knows temple prep doesn't prepare you for Jack squat. There's not a, there's nothing there. They, they hint at things. They give you sort of one offs and you sort of have no clue what you're about to get into. And uh, just like Chris Murphy there is saying, so I take the class and my father-in-law explains to me that my clothes are going to sort of not be on me. I'm gonna have to sort of get undressed. Right. And, and, uh, I have to go into an area where they're going to take oil and water. Hey,
1: Bill, you're kind of frozen there, my friend.
0: Err, and in, oh God, I'm, that ticks me off. Am I back?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oil and water.
0: I am in my mind. The picture he painted is that I'm going to go down into some like bath, like I pictured from like the New Testament, where. They go into like the the pool to get healed, and I picture myself going into this kind of bath thing, and they're going to be touching me, and I am I um, have a little bit of trepidation. I go to the temple, the washing and anointing is fine, like it was a thousand times better than what I had pictured was going to happen to me. But when I go to the endowment, I'm putting all the clothes on. I'm going through all the rigmarole of tying the string on the right side and taking the slippers off and putting them back on. I get, I get all the outfit on. I sit down, I'm 19 years old and I'm looking around the room and I, I just, there's no other thought in the world, but I am at a Baker's convention. That's how I felt. Like I, I look around, everybody's in these white outfits. The men all have these stupid looking hats that don't sit right on your head. They got a string. Everybody's got a string tied to it. And I just thought, this is the weirdest thing in the world. I just joined this church a year and a half ago, and what did I get myself into? This is the weirdest thing ever. This is nothing like the Sunday experience. And uh, I tried to stay away from going to the temple to do endowments for the rest of my time in the church. I would go happily to do baptism for the dead with the youth. I'd happily go do a washing and anointing if I went with a ward to a temple uh, outing excursion. But I tried as much as I could to stay away from endowments. It just seemed like the goofiest thing there was. Anyway, there's my story.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm still laughing about a bitch. I'm going to be laughing about that all night long, I think.
0: Um, That's a good one.
1: It really is. Uh, But thank you for that story. I know we have funny stories. We have serious stories. I know Rebecca has got a very serious story. Before we get to hers, do we have any more people on the line, Bill?
0: We do. Uh, Let me grab the next one. It is going to be a Siobhan.
1: Siobhan.
0: I think that's the name. Siobhan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You're on Mormonism Live.
8: Thank you. Yeah. So my temple story is more of a funny one. Um, It was upsetting at the time, but it's funny now. I had always wanted to wear my mother's wedding dress and so we had it cleaned we had it whitened as much as we could and you know my dad had worked in the temple so he was looking at he's like it should be fine there should be no problem with this because you know how they want the dresses to be like pure white so we get there and they're trying to tell me that my dress is not white enough and i'm when i'm like i wish i could show you guys a comparison but I can't <laughs> because I don't have the dress but it was it was almost pure white just slightly off-white and I had to have the temple matron come in and look at it and they were they weren't sure until I said okay well if I don't get to wear this dress I'm leaving I'll go get married at the courthouse and then suddenly they're like oh oh, no, 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 it's fine. Okay, it's it's an heirloom. Oh, we see. Okay, it was your mother's dress. And then they let me get married. But almost didn't get married in the temple because my dress was not white enough.
1: Wow. So is it mine. Siobhan, by the way? Is the name yeah. Siobhan? Siobhan, I'm taking it that's because mm-hmm. it, was, it was an older dress. It belonged to your mother. And so it had yellowed a bit with age. Is that what it was?
8: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and it was white when she got it, so it was just natural yellowing of the dress.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's not illegalistic. They, they thing.
8: took they took offense at that. No, not at all. And I do recall saying to them too. I was like, I don't think Jesus would really care if it's just slightly off white. I think he would just be happy that I'm here getting married in the temple.
9: But you would think
8: not legalistic at all.
0: Wasn't the original like temple clothes like bleached wool or something? I mean, I have to I have to believe the temple clothes of the 1850s didn't start off very white to begin with themselves.
1: <laughs> hey, look what Richard
2: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Richard Richard is saying. Is it Peck Jack? Forgive me, I don't know, but P E C J A K. Uh, he says I can confirm. I was a wedding photographer at the San Diego Temple for many years. And I had several brides come out in tears because they weren't allowed to wear the dress of their choice.
10: Wow. Mm.
3: It's definitely matron roulette. I was really upset. Sorry. Mm. I had a family member who wore a dress that had been previously worn by two other brides and she was not allowed to wear wear it. It's matron roulette. And who knows if they can even see, right?
0: (laughs) Unfortunately. it's, it's, It's this weird thing where... As a girl, I think especially, you think your whole growing up about your wedding day. And then Mormonism comes in and sabotages it anyway. You're in this outfit that doesn't fit right. You're kneeling at an altar and a bunch of people with, you know, aprons on, sitting around in a room and veils on their faces. And you're doing these special handshakes before you get yourself sealed for all time and eternity. And then this extra added measure of like, hey, we're going to take this day you've been thinking about all your life You've been dreaming about what it would be. It's already not what you planned. And now we're going to just sabotage it even more. Um, Yeah. And you also can't dream
3: about it because you can't know what the temple is like, Mm. especially somebody of my era, You can't know a single thing. Mm -hmm. So you can't dream about that day. You think you'll be in some kind of white dress, but you know there's not an aisle. You know there aren't bridesmaids. It's not like what you see in a Disney film or on TV. You don't know what it is. And you're just told it's going to be the most amazing day of your life, but it's a secret. So that's what I love about now that we can be married civilly, that you can dream that. Your father can walk you down the aisle. You can have a bridesmaid. You can do all the things if you want that you know, that you can dream about. So but yeah, it was very and secret think- and you, it was kind of a blur, nebulous, very nebulous in my experience.
4: Just to jump on with what Rebecca's saying, the dress yeah, was I like agree. the only Same thing way. that you could know. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Yeah. i don't yeah. know did i get cut Good off point. there i don't
4: know if it came through or not yeah, yeah. The, the dress is the literally the only piece that you could possibly know and try and it's not just colors you know uh, that's that's less common i've i've heard of a ton of brides who the neckline wasn't enough mm-hmm. or like the the sleeve wasn't long enough even brides that tried to be prepared and and get that nipped ahead of time by altering their dresses to lengthen sleeves or to have a cardigan or a coat or to adjust necklines, um, specifically so they could wear their dress in the temple and then still not be able to. And not even just that, but I, I had one friend who did have a modest dress and it was completely fine, but the, all the junk that you put on top of it, because you put all of the other um, endowment ceremony pieces over top of it. So you do have the nice wedding picture outside, but inside for the actual ceremony, You've got the awful veil and the the baker's hat for the men. You've got this, you know, um, sash. You've got the green apron. You've got this green apron covering. So just your whole dress is covered up anyway. So I had a friend that that was a yeah. sad moment. And I didn't her. know that going in
3: either. No, they do not yeah. tell you that. Yeah. yeah. You tell think you. you'll be wearing your wedding dress, but you're not. You're completely covered. Yeah. It's
0: hmm.
3: not good. We were dirt poor. I mean, look.
0: my pants weren't hemmed right. I had the slippers on, not the shoes. You know, it it just makes for uh, an experience that just feels like something was missing. You know, and I was a convert, so my mom couldn't go and my dad couldn't go. And I end up with just my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law and his wife, who he's since divorced. And it's just, it's just this weird thing that Mormonism sort of sabotages a really cool moment in your life and sort of makes you... At least for those of us who leave, deeply regret having experienced our marriage there.
2: Hmm.
1: It sounds like that last caller, Siobhan, ran into Abish in the temple. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh but, Maven but... was pointing out, and I think properly so, that we should mention that Abish or Abish is how I usually uh say it, is one of the few proper names we find in the Book of Mormon for a woman. There's yeah. like five of them all totaled, and that's one of them. Yeah. So that's why it is a female name for a new name in the, the temple. I think oh, it's great. only three.
4: Yeah, we've uh, got well, a, so a person down below me, here. I think there's literally only three named women in the whole what do you Book think? of Mormon.
1: Okay, but you got to also throw in Mary. Yeah, yeah, please. Oh, anyway, we won't go into that. <laughs> I think there are there may be three characters in the Book of Mormon with who are females who are named. I think that's true. And I think I know what they are. I think it's Sarai, I think it's Abish, and I think it's Isabel. The I have a
0: plus I have a play button on my screen. Do you guys see that?
1: Not to be confused with Jezebel, by any means.
9: I don't are we going to play a
2: video? Are, are you
0: have what on your screen, no, Bill? I have a button? play button. I don't see I'm that. gonna push it. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Oh my this gosh, could no. be bad. Okay. <laughs> don't ready. do it.
1: Just don't push it. Okay, I pushed it. It just
0: disappeared. That's cool. All right. Anyway. That's a
1: good thing. So why don't you push a button and see if you can get Connie on the show?
0: Look at that. There's Connie. How are
11: you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. You have a, uh,
1: a story about the temple to share with us? Oh, I do. I do.
11: So I served a mission in Brazil, and we would make the trek every month to go to the Sao Paulo Temple. Every month. So I... Was always in the outer darkness edges of the mission and it would take four hours bus ride to get there we would have to leave at like three or four in the morning and take multitude of buses and subways to get there every month and uh one time we went and everybody you know it is a struggle to stay awake anyway during the endowment but as a missionary and as you have already woken up at 3 a.m and traveled for hours and hours to get there it was nearly impossible to stay awake And so we would always go through the session and then next door there was a little restaurant that all the missionaries would meet at. And I remember one one day, we were at the restaurant and there was an elder next to us and we didn't, we said, elder, where's your companion? And he looked around and, you know, like, I I think he's with so-and-so. And And we saw so-and-so and and said, elder, are you with so-and-so and And no, no, no. So anyway, this elder was missing and we looked everywhere for him. We had no idea where he went. So we finally went back to the temple and apparently he was asleep in the celestial room for like <laughs> two hours.
12: Yeah. You just left without
1: him.
11: And he said that that was probably the best sleep he's ever had was sleeping in the celestial room for like two hours while we were lunching. So Well, there's no
1: sleep like a, a sleep in the celestial room. That's the Absolutely. best thing kind of there is.
11: Absolutely. As long as that you don't drool fine. or snore, you're good. <laughs> that is funny. Well,
1: you know the the endowment movie is not that exciting. I think the nicest thing I can say about it is that it's no Mission Impossible.
11: <laughs> I can't imagine now that it doesn't even move. I don't even know how people can even. Yeah, this is a slideshow. It's like going back to pre uh, pre film. You know, when we going had back to my the mission. slides. <laughs> yeah, this little beep. Someone at the projector. Yeah. <laughs> so I, oh. I yeah. But thank you for letting me share. Thanks for letting me uh, share the stories. And all. thanks for all you guys do. Appreciate Absolutely. You.
1: Thanks for coming on the show, Connie.
11: Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks. Okay.
1: Right. Bye-bye. And now I'm huge. Okay. Now, um, let's. can we go to, to Rebecca now for her story? Mm-hmm. Rebecca's got a great story. I don't want to build it up too much. But it's a fantastic no, no, no. story. She shared it with me last night, and I was godsmacked.
3: I'm not going to share that one, though. I actually have seven temple stories, which is why I thought this would be a great topic. And I think it's interesting that neither of you were a child um, raised LDS. You were converts later. So you did not have, which perhaps the rest of us had, the experience of kind of living with the idea of the temple from birth. Like I was dressed um, garment ready from babyhood. That, that's the kind of family I grew up in that, you know, the clothes you wore prepared you to wear garments. So the temple was a huge part of me, my growing up but it was very very secret it was something i was always really really nervous about because it was so secret especially back in that era they didn't they didn't have a little more transparency that they have now so i had extreme temple anxiety even before i went to the temple it was something i was really worried about my whole life and i didn't even go to the temple until i was 25 years old isn't that terrible i know i was engaged to be married and I've only been, let me think, overall six times. And something extraordinarily bizarre has happened every single time. I finally just had to opt out. I'm out. Tap out. <laughs> so I'll say I won't tell you about the endowment. No, that was something else. The second time I went through, okay, so I went through two weeks before I was married And my fiance said, well, we need to go again. We need to keep going now that you're in doubt. I'm like, okay, great. And so the second time I go through, they had told me the first time, um, if I have trouble remembering anything that has to be said, I can simply ask for help. I can turn to a kindly matron and I can ask for help during any part of it because I had extreme performance anxiety in the temple, like more than anyone else. I know some people just breeze through. I had been nervous about it my whole life and I had extraordinary anxiety over it. So the second time I go through, I get up to the very end and I'm trying to be respectful, you know, and you know, there's a part where you have to recite something that is lengthy. So I, of course, just kind of freaked out because it's my first time through after the endowment. And of course I haven't memorized it yet. So I turn to the woman next to me and I say, I don't remember. I'm new. It's my second time. And she goes, what? In her regular tone of voice. Sorry, RFM, did I blast you out there? But she said it in a regular tone of voice. I was using a temple voice and she used her regular voice. And I said, I said, I'm new. I don't remember. She goes, this woman came in here without a name. She's not taking a name with her. And I said, I know I, I got a name. Somebody handed me a piece of, I have it, you know, and I'm like struggling in my robe. I'm trying to find it. She goes, come here. Did you guys know there are people that come here when someone's done something wrong in the endowment? Yeah, there are. So they came over to me, they stopped everything (laughs) and I'm just standing there going. And, and I will preface that with this, my fiance had already gone through the veil. He was waiting for me in the celestial room, right? So I'm standing there trapped. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. They're telling me I don't have a new name. I'm trying to find it in my pocket. I'm two other people have come over to me and I said, What's this? How did you get in here? I'm like, Well, I'm here. I came through the normal door. No, I'm not kidding. And wow. In hindsight, as a grown up person, I realized that maybe the the matron and the gentleman were just older and they didn't understand what was happening, you know, but extraordinarily traumatic. So finally, I show them my name. I go, no, I have a name. I just didn't freaking know what to say. I need help with the words. This is my second time. Right. And I'm in the most peaceful place on earth. Right. <laughs> and so I go through the veil after finally they understand what's happening. They help me through and they rip me through and I'm in there and my fiance is like, oh, what was it? And I'm like, you get me that Out of here. And I just (laughs) (laughs) passed like to the other room. So so that was that's one of them. Okay. So he goes, Okay, you fell off the horse. You got to get back on. You've got to go back to the temple. And I'm like, I don't think I ever want to go back. He goes, No, no, no. We're getting married in a week. We've got to go back again because you had, you know, had a bad experience. Only one. What could go wrong? Right? We'll go back again. I'm like, okay, fine. So we go back a second time a couple days later. And again, I I the first time took my endowments out, I didn't really know anything about what it looked like inside of the temple. It was back in the day where there weren't pictures online or anything like that. It was years ago in the early 90s. And so my fiance said, Look, let's just veer off the beaten path on our way to wherever we were going to go. And we'll I'll show you what a ceiling room looks like. Because this is what I'm talking about. As a little girl growing up, you don't even know back in my era anyway, what the room looked like that you were going to get married in. You really had no idea. So he goes, let's just peek in here and I'll show you what an enda- what a ceiling room looks like, because this is where we're going to go in a week or so. And I said, okay. So we go off the path and he opens the door of a ceiling room. And suddenly this temple matron throws herself in front of the door and spreads her arms out to block it like that. She goes, I know who you are and I know what you're doing. <laughs> And again, this is only my third time. I'm like, what is happening? I'm, I'm not, goes, I'm
0: not new name. Noah. I'm not here to record it. Yeah,
3: I know <laughs> there was no such thing as new name. Noah. yet. This is prior to any of that. Prior, this is 1991. Okay. This is the olden days. She goes, you guys are polygamous. You guys are trying to break in here and you guys are trying to have a marriage ceremony in the temple. I'm not going to let it happen. And she blocks the entire doorway. And my fiance is like, no, 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 ma'am. I'm sister. We're sorry. My fiance has never seen the ceiling room, and I just wanted to show her again. She goes, no way. I know who you are. You guys are polygamous. She's like, there's the door, and I'm just once again, get me the f out of here. So seriously, those are two of my more extreme ones, and then I won't even go into ha- what happened when I got married. But the reason I thought of this topic is because you know it's traumatic at the time. Then you sort of tell it in a funny way later, mm-hmm. but you know, the buildup of these experiences, there's a reason that people have a hard time going, a hard time going back. Um, it's just, you're not prepared for it. It's kind of what I feel. So I was really curious to hear other people's experiences. And I love all the ones that have been shared so far. I love it.
1: Yeah. One wonders why they don't have a lock on the door.
3: Yeah, one would wonder, but apparently this was a thing and this was in the Provo temple and I've it was a real thing that polygamists, yeah. would, you know, because they believe, and I'm guessing it might've been AUB because they did believe in the power of the temple. And so they would go there and they would do their ceremonies to be married. So, but I, I never knew anything about it at the day. And it was very shocking to be called a polygamist.
1: Wow. A lot of people, yeah, are with you that these experiences when they happen, they're awful. But then, you know, years and years later yeah. when you're talking about it, it's kind of, it, it's funny, right? Right. It's kind of like my first marriage.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we all have experience like that. Nah,
4: yeah. Um, I, I wanted to. The laugh jump of the trauma. In.
1: Oh, Maven, yes.
4: Yeah. No, I just wanted to jump in and, and maybe explain some things and provide some context to uh, anyone of our audience who are never Mormons or who were Mormons but never went to the temple. Um, and I highlighted this comment. Uh, this is, I don't understand. Polygamy is still legal in the temple. And it, it is technically um, for a man if his wife has previously died and he's getting sealed to another woman, that's fine. But all the ceilings are always scheduled. So the fact that they were going into the ceiling room when there wasn't a scheduled wedding, I think that's what uh, yeah. caught the radar of the matron. And this is a story I've heard from other people as well. And I think I even I've been shown, I didn't have this happen to me, but I had someone kind of take me off to the side and be like, look, here's a ceiling room, you know, open the door and and, and look, because there's uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of people find special about the ceiling room is that there are mirrors on both sides of the wall. So you've got this double reflection going and it's supposed to be uh, a representation of, you know, just of eternity, really, like past generations and also future generations and and you there in the middle. So that's why there's really not a lot to see in there except for that and the altar. But Uh, Yeah. So I just feel like the desire for someone to show a new person a ceiling room seems to be really common. But yes, unscheduled, sneaky uh, people trying to get polygamous marriages outside of the official channels. uh, That is something that I have heard is, is a problem in certain areas where there are more offshoots. And a lot of times they are very good at pretending to be active in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, Another bit of context I wanted to add for people who don't know is just, I I wanna say um, like the societal pressure that's really heavy on you and also how quiet it is. So yes, there's talking at certain points, but it's usually talking at you. So it's it's almost like the most intense library that you've ever been in, where it just seems like in, any interruption at all, any whisper, if it's too loud or anything. And again, because there's this whole process and if anything goes wrong, like they will stop it and yep. wait for you. There's yep. this social anxiety of just not wanting to be the person that an entire room full of people are looking at you waiting for you or wondering what is going on with you. Why are you talking? Why are you laughing? And especially with the clothing, I remember with all of the things you have to put on and at first you used to like put it on and then take it off and like switch one, one robe to one side and the other. And even like to the taking off of your slippers, uh, your little shoes and putting them back on, you know? And I, I always felt this urgent rush because once everyone was done, they would always sit back down And I, you just never wanted to be the last person tying your little sash or putting your shoes back on standing up because again, there's just another visual of like everyone's sitting, everyone else is done changing the robes around and stuff and they're waiting for it to go on. But now they're waiting for this mofo over here who's (laughs) shuffling around or something. And then once that person, the last person sits down, then things can go on. So I just, even. Even if something doesn't happen, like what, what happened with Rebecca, where there was some kind of an issue, just in the normal process of it, I was always, at the changing of the the ceremonial clothing, I always was stressed that if you know and and i had a tie like the apron you tie behind your back so and some people have like magnets and and clips and i ended up switching over to a clip because that was something that held me up a lot i just remember like it's i can't see behind my back as i'm tying this and so if you think you got it but then you don't and it falls down yeah. now you got to do it again and it's just like and who oh, decided no, to make you
1: know? those those ties out of satin for crying out loud
4: <laughs> yeah they're really slippery satin. <laughs> right? so
3: slippery yeah, that so- mofo
1: by the way, I learned from watching <laughs> other people. And what you do is you tie the thing in front of you, and then you flip it flip it around.
4: Yeah. So but, a, I mean, a as a girl, you do learn to him. tie a bow behind your back, so that just seems more natural at first. But, okay. yeah, that would be the, the way to do it. <laughs> and so, oh, and like the, the, I just mo- wanted to point out the mofo. The last person oh standing that everybody is waiting for, like that happens every yeah. time.
3: I was going to say, to that Maven's you. point on that, if I could speak really quickly. Um, so my first time, the endowment, this is what happened to me also. Um, the very first time I went through, I took a college roommate with me who was on a crazy liquid diet. And right in the middle of the movie, she had to go to the bathroom. So she got up and she left. Does anybody know what happens when somebody gets up and leaves the endowment room? I think I mean, you I didn't
1: know you. Everyone started over it from stopped. the beginning. Okay.
3: The screen goes up. The, the matrons and the people go to the front, at least this is when I did, and fold their arms in front, and they just stare at everybody. They stare at me and because I'm sitting life. there by my roommate, and they're looking at me like, where did she go? And I'm like, I'm brand new. I have no idea what's happening here. And she had no idea either. She was in the temple bathroom combing her hair, teasing her hair. It was the 90s. She was fixing everything. She came waltzing back in probably 10 minutes and sat back down, and they calmly put the screen back down, they moved aside, and we continued. And later, somebody said, the belief is that the person who you are going through for has to have you as a physical body experience the whole thing, or it doesn't take, or whatever it is. But again, like Maven said, that's so real. You're afraid that you will do something that will hold everything up. Well, my first time there, the person I brought held everything up for 10 minutes, and it was extraordinarily embarrassing.
4: (laughs) Yeah. It's just that attention in in a social situation where it's not okay. that can just be really like viscerally, intensely painful, almost on an evolutionary level. I think it goes straight to like that kind of a a fear. But the the bathroom thing reminded me of a comment that was up a while back um, and she did say it was okay to share this. So this is Alyssa. She says, (laughs) I learned an important lesson of not going to the temple during an IBS flare up. I will not share details and i think that's enough details alyssa but i thought that was funny and i i kept that aside so yeah
0: you, you mentioned the mofo it was me because i went to the endowment so little that when i went my wife insisted that we be the witness couple so i have to sit at the front and i dress slower than 93 year old men and these men are behind me and they're impatient with me so i was just so annoyed that like how the hell Am I a functioning adult who dresses slower than every person in this room? And it frustrated the hell out of me. So I am the mofo that you talked about.
2: Well,
1: that was difficult with the satin. I'm sorry, the satin ties. And also, you got to do this. You got to figure out how to use one hand to tie a knot in your little string. And then you you got to tie it again on the other side. I mean, you got to be, yeah, you got to be freaking Houdini. (laughs) It's just amazing. I, uh,
4: Oh, I, oh no, I was going to say this reminded me of this was a story that was in, I think, the the Reddit and, and it was that the temple ceremony got stopped because uh, a guy, a man uh, couldn't find like his other temple sock, which is weird because <laughs> you don't take the socks off or maybe at one point you did or something. Probably but... like Sandy Burger there was just a, a missing sock so this the person telling the story was saying like we've literally got like men on the floor on the ground like looking around you know opening cuz the chairs are like movie theater chairs too that's yeah. another thing they kind of pop up so you have to push them down to sit on them so people are like did he put it like on the back of the chair did it fall behind did it fall in between you know men like on their hands and knees trying to find where this sock disappeared to and it turns out i guess he had put both socks on the same leg. But I think before they figured that out, I think they literally had someone like go to the, you know, the wardrobe area and get another pair of socks so that he would have this other sock. But anyway, I it just wow. reminded me of like reading that story somewhere. And I just remember feeling like it was a really funny story.
1: Cause you're not did supposed you t- to take your socks off. I feel like you are in the same no. session with Bill. No. No.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my problem.
4: <laughs> he did say it was an older gentleman, so. Yeah. Not me. I'm curious if anyone, and I see
3: this question about the temple on social media a lot, has ever seen anyone leave? They give you the option to leave or someone just get up and leave or be so overwhelmed or having a full-blown panic attack that they leave right in the middle. I haven't seen too many answers to the affirmative for that, that someone actually just opts out. I never have. I've never seen it.
0: There's a lot of social pressure not to. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can we
1: bring Summer on since she is there's, in yeah, the studio? Been, and now I did want to pull oh, up. <laughs> I,
4: there was a comment that talked yeah, about it. Uh, so since, we, since Rebecca asked, I'll, I'll address it real quick. But she says she had a friend in Manta who got baptized and decided to get endowed. At some point, she realized she was in a cult. The matron thought she was having a spiritual experience. She ended up running out. Not funny, I guess. But oh, like we wow. said, a lot of these stories are really kind of funny after the fact and in, in, in kind of a dark way because of the drama of it anyway the con- the comment continues i've also heard of someone getting married in the temple and when she saw her husband she burst out in laughter at the sight of him for the first time in all of the temple garb wow Hey, right.
2: oh my
1: gosh so summer summer first thing i gotta make sure you understand that yes everyone everyone no. was kung fu fighting
13: no surely not everyone was Kong everybody fu fighting. everybody was surely not every one was and 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 don't call me Shirley um (laughs) I actually forgot I was wearing this shirt (laughs) but um yeah so I've been here and I've been waiting and my kids have not come in at all so just so everybody's aware when I'm doing something bad is when they come in so you might hear a little pitter patter in the background but um I wanted to share a story temple story, but it's my husband's again. My husband and I were um, temple workers. We actually called to be temple workers our first year of marriage. Um, We were literally newlyweds. I think we were three months married and we were called to be temple workers. And so we were working at the Jordan River Temple and my husband is um, pretty proficient in Spanish. So he, you know, let them know that and, and we're going to temple. And he says to me, um, some, I'm not gonna be able to do this endowment session with you because I've been asked to do a, another language, a Spanish endowment session. Cause I guess I don't know, I guess somebody um called in sick or something. So he was asked to go over and do the Spanish version. So I I'm looking at our little um timesheet. I know when the Spanish endowment session gets out. I'm waiting for him. He is nowhere to be found. Um, everybody is clearing and I'm not seeing him. He's not in the slush room. I don't know where my husband is. Come to find out 45 minutes later, I find him. He was actually asked to do the German session. (laughs) So, (laughs) so he's prepared to go into, to to do the Spanish translation at the veil. And they hand him the German translation and he had to read that, um, at the veil, because I guess they thought since he knew Spanish, he could kind of swing German. So that is my story. It was it was I thought it was funny. RFM isn't laughing right now, but I don't care. It was hilarious.
2: It was hilarious. Just, oh, it's the language.
13: Just use the same Adamic language for everything. None of the Spanish, German. I,
1: I think your husband doesn't speak German.
13: No, he do, he speaks he speaks Spanish. English very well and he's proficient in Spanish. So when they asked him, can you do this other session? He's like, sure. And then when he got to the veil, they had it in German and he had to read it in German. And so that's why I couldn't find him <laughs> for 45 minutes. It was oh my fa- gosh. it was fantastic. <laughs> so sometimes I I still tease him. You know, I'll throw some German words at him here and there.
1: Yes, is the post like open? Yeah. Yeah. Auto? <laughs> no, he is from
13: Germany. So yeah, that well, was. Really, that I mean, was, if ever a
1: guy needed the gift of tongues,
13: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure he got it that day, but um, everyone made it through the veil, which is what's important, right? Um, but I did want to say, Bill, I know that you're complaining about your temple class and how you didn't learn anything. But as I said last week, my temple class, I was told I shouldn't um, get endowed. So at least you weren't told by the instructors, you know what? You should probably wait till you get married. You know, at least they they gave you some instruction because as a female, they're like, are you going on a mission? No. Are you getting married? Then you should just wait.
0: For the record, I I was LDS for about 20 years and I didn't learn anything. It wasn't just the temple. Just (laughs) just so we're clear. (laughs) At say, least I nothing useful. Really, I learned like essentially the equivalent. At the end. Yeah, the equivalent of speaking Klingon or Star Wars. You know, so.
3: don't knock speaking Klingon. you <laughs> <laughs> a Wrong
0: audience. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, picture no. your husband. House. Yeah, it would be. What is wanted?
2: <laughs> Does it what?
0: have
4: a I name? Have so oh, German has soul. such long words. <laughs> so long.
13: I mean, and I've never seen him look so stressed and anxious cause you know, he's thinking he's just jacking up everybody on the other side and they're pissed off at him over there on the other side of the veil. But, um, you know, I said, honey, you tried, you know you tried your best, but yeah. So that was the first and last time he ever said he would do a um, help <laughs> with translation. Whenever they asked him again, he's like, I think I'm just going to stick over here in the English side,
1: with yeah, my get- wife. <laughs> you don't want to get a room full of germans mad at you.
13: <laughs> so, that is my story. Um and this is so enjoyable, guys. This is fun. So fun. Thank you.
1: Where are you broadcasting from? It looks like you're on the lower bunk of a bunk bed. I'm
13: I'm I'm hiding. I am hiding from my children. I can't tell anybody where I am right now cuz this is
1: Are you playing nobody hide and seek? Knows.
13: Playing hide and seek. I told them I but I'm supposed to be finding them right now. So
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's how I do it with the kids too.
2: The, the that's kids a pro okay. parenting. Hide, tip. And see. No. hide and yep, You go hide, and I won't you. We've got new
13: parents. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for them attention. to come in and say, "Mom, you didn't find me." I'm well, like, you oh, hit so man, well. You were so good. I was
1: looking everywhere.
13: Yeah, you were so good. I was just under your bed. Oh man, it, I didn't look there. So yeah, but um, yeah, you guys have a great night, and I'm going to be listening to the rest of the stories.
1: Okay, great. Thanks for joining us, Summer.
13: No problem. Thanks Bye, for guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> I, I was
4: just gonna say that it's interesting. Again, this is another thing that's, that's specifically for women. Men, they want to get through the temple. I, at least I think so. That's my understanding. They want men to be temple-endowed because there's a lot of callings and, and priesthood responsibilities with that. Is that right? I, I just- well, certainly a I mission
1: go, at a minimum. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and most men would have done that. So I don't know if you if you didn't serve a mission as a man, were you treated the same and you weren't getting married were men treated the same as women, or or was this a, a one-sided thing with just women only, where they did not typically would not encourage you to get endowed if you weren't immediately going on a mission or immediately getting married? And I mm-hmm. suspect that the reason is is because the endowment makes so little sense and can be so traumatic. I I feel like they rely on that pressure of the upcoming wedding or the upcoming mission, the social pressure behind that. Uh, to, to not, I guess, to prevent you from being the one that's running away in the temple when they, they give you the chance you know, to say that, that you can leave if you want at the very mm. beginning. Mm. Does anybody know, all right, I'll be looking for the chat. I don't know if they do that to men too, if, um, if they were not getting married and had not served a mission, but still wanted to get endowed. Um, yeah, so yes. I, I I, I'm know. not seeing anybody immediately and you guys don't know. It was well, much well, I mean, more of a female kind of,
3: issue. Yeah, that was my situation because I was almost 26 when I got married and I did not want to serve a mission. So, and I did not want to get in doubt and nobody ever approached me about it. So I think it was just sort of, Oh, we'll just wait until she eventually finally gets married. Although I have heard more currently that they, that I know of, girls women that yeah didn't serve a mission maybe they're 20 yeah and it'll
4: happen but in my day yeah you had to really push it and it was kind of also bishop roulette sometimes yeah for them to kind of get permission to go outside of the the normal way Uh, but i have heard it's more common now because it's uh, the (laughs) women are aging up and the marriage isn't there so if you can't like you know get us sucked in by the marriage then at some point you gotta let us go through the temple so
0: The instruction was actually there that we were not to uh, have sisters go through who were not getting married, single sisters. And then sometime around the year 2000, the church changed its policy and it then, to some degree, encouraged women that if they got to the point where they were, whatever, 23, 24 years old, the church then encouraged them to go to the temple and get their endowment, even even if they were single – so there, there is that change and it was more formal than just like nobody pushed. It was really instruction behind the scenes not to send you.
1: Do we have okay. anybody else on the line, Bill?
0: We do. We have phone calls. So let me grab the next one. I believe we have a Melissa. Melissa, are you there?
12: Yes, I'm here.
0: Go ahead. You've been waiting a little while.
12: Yes, I just wanted to share a quick experience I had um, at the Jordan River Temple. I think it was maybe 2008, 2009, and we were in, let's see, no, I was sitting down, but they were doing the prayer for the prayer circle, and um, the um, guy giving the prayer, he was talking about something, about the second coming being nigh- um, and then he says, someone in this company has been watching pornography and shouldn't be in this temple and needs to go home and repent. And oh, I have God. the veil on. Did everyone walk out? As-
2: <laughs> Everybody, please. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, seriously.
12: Yeah. Uh, I had the veil on and I I brought it up and everyone's just looking around at everyone trying to think, who is this? And of course, I really believed it at the time. This guy must have have discernment to know that someone in this room is watching pornography.
1: Wow. <laughs> I didn't know the amazing Creskin was a Mormon.
4: <laughs> it's a pretty safe yeah. bet. I've heard that I mean. story before. <laughs> And I, I when you teach people that
0: they have discernment, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get yeah. people who think they have discernment and, and yeah. they say things,
1: yeah. and Is that, this an endowment or a that, Las Vegas act. Go ahead, Maven. I'm sorry.
4: Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I think my, my first bits are, are getting cut off, but that this is a story that I do know has been told. I think it's an urban legend and it might even be one that's in, um, i mean not canonized as in scripture but in talks or in lds books somewhere i don't know the source but i know i've heard it before and so i i definitely think especially if if you have been told you have discernment and you've heard a story like that and and when you have a position it makes sense that you you might get that um inkling supposedly so Mm. and it's unfalsifiable similar yeah and almost
1: certainly going to be true
3: Has anyone heard, I've also a question that's often asked on social media is uh, stories of people getting injured or getting sick in the temple. I have a family member, and maybe that's not humorous, but it's interesting when it happens in that setting. I have a family member who fell forward and and broke her jaw in the endowment room on the chair. Does anyone have any stories or anything about somebody Getting no, but that injured, like it's a
1: real knee clapper. Well,
3: it's in it's interesting because when they have to bring in, you know, like an ambulance or EMTs, you know, that, that presents its own set of problems if you have to bring that element into the temple.
0: Nothing more than elderly halitosis. Oh.
3: There it
4: is. I I'm pulling up <laughs> again, these are I, I'm holding on to these comments and then as they become relevant. So this was one of our commenters in the live chat yeah. wondering if anyone has ever died while in the temple, yeah. and then uh, that's funny, your key, Rebecca guess, yeah quick yeah. trip to the other side um, Anthony right. Campbell answered he was in the Provo temple and someone yeah. died um, I know uh, there was a reddit story if I can find it I'll maybe try to pull it up but there was someone that explained who was a temple worker that explained how that uh, and how injuries and EMS uh, were let in how they handle that in the temple um, because yeah again when you need emergency services, but then also you're supposed to have a temple recommend, you know, yep. they, they have a protocol for that. So I'll, I'll try to find that.
1: I think the surprising thing is more people don't die in the temple. But Rebecca, <laughs> don't you have a story about seeing someone die in front of you in the temple?
3: I don't have. The only story I had was my relative that hit their jaw. I have another relative that slipped and got a concussion and never recovered and died. Also, when I was in college, an elderly man drove his car into the lobby of the Provo Temple and actually killed someone there for youth baptism. But these stories are not entertaining, so I'm not going to tell them. You just did. Oh.
1: (laughs) Well, did the guy in the car have his recommend?
3: I don't know, but the, the Provo Temple has one of those roundabouts, and he was about 96 years old. It was really unfortunate in the 80s, late 80s. And, and so. he
1: went in through the front door?
3: Yeah, he just drove in through the, yeah. It was sad. Were you there? I wasn't there, no, but it was in the Daily Universe. I was in college at the time. No, I was nowhere near the temple in college. Remember, I have extreme temple anxiety. I would only go in completely forced in my mid-20s. <laughs>
0: Wow. So anybody else on the line, Bill? Yes. I just want to show though, really quick. Somebody asked if anyone knows what the church does, if a member has a disability and can't participate, like unable to shake hands, the temple worker, as far as I know, the temple worker still, like if you missing an arm and they will, they will do the other arm, I think. But if you don't have either arm, they will do it to the air as if you have an arm or as if you have a hand, they will still, uh, go through the motions of showing the sign to the person, even though they don't have a hand to receive the sign, if that makes any sense.
2: Mm. Be-
0: because they still have to leave the signs and tokens. Yeah. So right. anyway, there's that. All right, so I think we have, Do I don't I know the this name Next comment on this one.
4: This this was someone Please. that came up. Uh, they said they're legally blind, so you can imagine the fun I have at the temple. They are not ADA ADA compliant. Let's just say that. So, and I'm sure there others have stories.
1: Well, all I can say is you're not missing a lot,
0: caller. What's the name? <laughs> Marzipan. Marzipan, you are Marzipan uh, on the Morphalip. show live on Mormonism Live.
14: Finally, sweet. <laughs> That's the one. Um, these stories have been so awesome. Thanks everybody for sharing. Um, I have one that is, I, I thought would be probably no one else calling in with this story. I went to the temple when I was seven because my mom was not a member of the church when my parents got married. And so they had my brother, they had my brother, they had me, they had two more boys had another one on the way and they were like, we've got to get married. Uh, in the temple, so that all these children will be in the covenant. But if you, um, if you're born and your parents are not already married in the temple, then you're <laughs> basically illegitimate in the eyes of the church. And so, uh, my two younger brothers and I had to go to the temple um, to get sealed to our parents. So our parents went, did their endowments, did their whatever else they do. And then we were there for the ceiling. And um, I just didn't know if anybody knows that what I remember about it is um, I had little white uh, yarn ties in my hair, my aunt said, you have to wear white ones, you can't wear any other color. And there's actually a nursery in the temple which i was like this is sweet there were toys there was stuff to do we had lincoln logs it was pretty awesome my aunt was very worried that because my parents were already at the temple all day so my aunt took us and she was very worried that my little brother who was probably two um was gonna have a diaper incident in the ceiling room Unfortunately, he did not. However, he did while we were still in the nursery and I had to go find some elderly woman and be like, uh, my brother pooped his pants. Uh. <laughs> so they they have changing facilities and everything. Um, the other thing I, w- I remember about this is everybody was so excited for me before I went and they were taught, you know, I grew up in the church. Um, my mom had already joined the church by by the time I was born, and so everyone was very excited, and they were telling me how special it was going to be. It's going to be magnificent. It's wonderful, and in, in the ceiling room, you know, there's these mirrors, and it looks like you're going to heaven, and I was like, well, that sounds sweet. When I got in there, I was like, well, these are just like the mirrors at Barber Bob's, where I can see, like there were mirrors on each wall at the barber shop. I was like, this isn't like, this looks like Barbara Bob's, dude. Um, (laughs) One last thing. Um, my older brother had passed away before all this. So I'm sure that that was part of the reason that my parents really, really wanted to get us all sealed. And so my, uh, actually my step grandpa stood in for my brother during the sealing and, um, I don't remember this. I wasn't there for that conversation, but my mom relates that he asked several times of different workers, how do I get unsealed to my ex-wife? And they were like, oh, you, know, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, he had already been sealed to my grandma, but he still wanted to get unsealed from his ex-wife. And they were like, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't do that. You know? <laughs> so that is a legitimate thing when people say that. See, that, And that's why I was, I was being a little bit snarky, snarky, but only a little bit with the comment about polygamy is still legal in the temple. Because they were not going to unseal him to his first wife. Because what difference does it make? You'll be with both of them in heaven.
1: And he's like, I don't want that. So
14: anyway, I guess wow. he's with her now. I don't know.
1: let me tell you from personal experience there are a few things that a person should be more concerned about
0: maybe thank you marzipan
1: marzipan thanks so much
3: does does anybody have any stories of being told that you're wearing the wrong thing to attend the temple or the wrong kind of jewelry? I know recently they don't do that as much, but I have a story of um, trying to go on a youth baptism temple trip. And this is kind of, um, let's see, up to Seattle. So yeah, it would have been four or five hours away. So we all go to the church parking lot. We're getting on the bus to the temple and I get on and I have some nail polish on. It's light pink. I'm a teenager. And the youth leader says, go home and take that off. I can't go to the temple if I have nail polish on. My mom picks me up at the church. I call her on the church phone, go all the way home, take the nail polish off, back to the church. I've missed the bus. I'm telling you, every interaction I ever had with the temple was just fraught with trauma. So I had to ride with the leaders. This is in the early 80s, in the station wagon, in the seat facing backwards, the seat of shame. Because of my, you know, harlot nail polish. So I'm just curious if anybody else have any experience of saying, you know, don't wear those earrings. I know they've relaxed it a lot now, but it used to be very strict.
1: I haven't had that issue, but all I can say is that Satan is really working overtime to keep you away from the temple, Rebecca.
3: I don't know what happened.
1: (laughs) See, this is what Mormons always say. If something happens, it makes it hard for you to get to the temple. You can't get to the temple. Something blows up. You're wearing nail polish. That's Satan.
4: Right. I I had to say, um, you know, when people leave the church, a lot of times there's different ways that they express themselves that were kind of previously forbidden. So that's why sometimes when people think, you know, when people leave the church, uh, why is it that they all get tattoos and piercings or something? Or they all, everyone starts wearing tank tops all the time, you know? And it's not that everyone does all of those things, but I think just what things were something that you would have naturally been interested in but were held back from doing because it wasn't appropriate as a member, that's that's who get tattoos or who decide piercings. You know, these are things that they wanted but were, expre- you know, self-expression that wasn't okay. And for me, one of mine that I'm kind of known for now, and I, I've actually been missing it, so I, I've been thinking I want to get back into it again, was um, unnatural colored hair. I always i loved it when i started to see that you could dye your hair like a bright pink or a bright purple or blue or like you know the really cool mermaid teal color but i and and there's not anything technically prohibiting that in the church that you can't do that especially it's you know it's not a permanent thing but the first time i ever mentioned like oh i wonder what it would be like to have pink hair i i don't remember who it was too but it was an another it was a woman who was mormon and she said, "Well, yeah, but then you couldn't go to the temple with that because it would you know would be drawing too much attention and and so again, because I wanted to be a super uber good Mormon girl, i I just it just basically became a non starter for me, not something I could ever do because I never even if it's just temporary, I never wanted to be in a position where maybe all of a sudden I needed or like really wanted to go to a temple session." But then, you know, wouldn't be able to with my friends or, you know, for whatever reason, because my hair was an unnatural color and I didn't have time to dye it back or something like that. So it just seemed easier just to never, ever do it. So for me, that's that's kind of partly why. I, and, and when I came out, like with the purple hair, that was something that really I yeah felt special and meaning to for me to do <laughs> for whatever reason. Like when I, I guess, came out as Maven and I was seen for the first time, um, I wanted the the colored hair and it's something that I I do enjoy doing and I'm going to do again soon. Anyway, so again, I wasn't kicked out for it, uh, Rebecca, but it was something you that I yeah. Yeah, prevented yeah, prevented from doing because I was told that I would get kicked out for it. So <laughs> yeah.
0: RFM I had to I had to read this one a couple of times. This is uh, Richard again. I'd love for RFM to wear So okay, never mind. I, I guess he means shirt. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I kind of hope that RFM would go into the temple and take a superhero dump in the temple. What, what do you think there?
1: Well, I may have in the past, but it's always been in the bathroom. Yeah.
2: I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, Richard, well, that R saying, makes a Victoria big difference. Victoria Armstrong is saying, when I went, we were asked to remove jewelry and watches. Mm-hmm. I can see that. You know, when I was going to the temple uh, and at the MTC, so it's the Provo Temple – it's early, early in the morning. It's blackout. Uh, it's so dark. and Because you only can go on P-Day, right? So you want to get out of the way first. So you go over there. But it, I remember being there and watching this guy who's in this row down here. And um, at one point, he he's not a missionary. He's middle-aged. He's probably a very successful businessman. And at some point, I just look over and he just goes like this. <laughs> and I, I remember that to this day because I thought... <laughs> He's got places to go, things to do. This temple is not. It's like it's like he's there at the temple because he's supposed to be at the temple, which is like why everybody's at the temple because they're supposed to be at the temple. Is there anybody who goes there because they really dig the movie?
3: Oh. I think sometimes I remember my friends before I went to the temple talking about the hot Eve, right? You would hope that you would get the movie that had the hot Eve. Apparently one was, you know, more attractive than the other. So I don't know if anybody has memories. There like was a that.
1: divided opinion about that among the missionaries back in I- the late 1970s. There was the blonde Eve or the brunette Eve.
3: Yeah, that's it. Now it's a film strip though, or a slideshow. So how would you know? You know, the other crazy thing, crazy things that sealers say right? That's where you go off script. Everything else is scripted in the temple, right? Until you get to a ceiling. And that's where it gets a little crazy. So at my ceiling, this is my marriage. So first of all, through the entire thing, they called me Becky, which I've never been called in my entire life. So I actually don't feel like I was married, really, because I don't know who this Becky was. So then this sealer who I don't know at all, um, he was just chosen randomly and this is in LA, he decides to give wise advice, right? That's what happens in the temple when you're married. They give you wise advice to take with you into your marriage life. So he said, Becky, when you see your husband come home from work, because I'm going to be home, right? Not working. I'll see my husband come home. So when you see your husband come home from work and he has his keys from his car and he puts his keys on the credenza, he said, I want you, Becky, to go over and always touch those keys so that you can remember that he has the keys of the priesthood. So that was the you know, advice. He- I
1: haven't heard that before. Yeah,
3: no, the, this I, I, I don't think I ever enacted it. Okay, but then his advice to my husband was, so Becky, once a month, will be in a bad mood. Mm. So... Yeah, no, I kid you not. I'm I'm not making these things up. My experience
1: yet. has been that when Becky's been Becky
3: a lot did more than on her period. Yes, he said on her period uh, during my wedding ceremony, <laughs> and it was funny because my relatives were all writing. You know how you take notes, like you're taking notes. It's going to be this, and they they all were like, "We kind of got nothing. We kind of put our notebooks down." <laughs> so anyway, the advice was that you know, girls get cranky. Try to be understanding. Touch the priesthood grease and watch out for girls that are cranky. So that was my sealing ceremony. I just wonder if anyone else has crazy stuff that any of the sealers said when they go off script,
4: right? That's the only time.
1: This is the apex of your spiritual journey. I think it
4: is. I wanna share one. Um, This is from our viewer, Black Priesthood. And so I I wanted to just share this one. Uh, he, He says, I used to get ridden with anxiety as the only black person in the endowment sessions. I was told while in the celestial room, welcome to our temple. Um, I think it, this is every, um, or it's, it says ever dreadful of temple experiences. And yeah, that's, that that's sounds kind racist. Of othering. Like it's not your temple. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our temple as if you're some kind of a, a visitor, you know. Right, so, welcome to the temple. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and, and so there so was one here that's- these stories, oh, go oh, sorry, go, I, I just wanted to jump on the, the race thing. As crazy <laughs> as these kinds of stories are, th- these. These are integral and central to the Mormon experience, and what you're supposed to be striving for is this idea of eternal families, and just um, the fact that to start off with, people who were of African descent were considered not worthy of that, and they couldn't even get married. There was a, a for a, I know a lot of people know the story of of Jane Manning James, but she was someone who really wanted to be sealed to her deceased husband. Uh, for time and all eternity, just like all the white folks were. They continually refused to let her do that until eventually, because she kept asking, they sort of caved and compromised. They let a a white woman go into the temple as proxy for her. They still wouldn't let her in because she was black. Um, And they didn't uh, have a man walk as proxy for her husband uh, because what they did instead was sealed her to Joseph Smith as a servant. for him, for eternity, rather than sealing her to her husband, uh you know, like, like white people did, just b- because they were that other and they were that different. So that's just a little bit of background. There's quite oh, a problematic true. history there.
0: Yeah, I somebody asked about Hot Eve, and somebody else said I remember Hot Eve. I was a guest speaker at a fireside back in 2014. Get down with the fireside. We're all in the kitchen just talking. There's whatever 25 of us left that haven't gone home yet, and the one guy's like. Hey, does anybody else have the problem where they get really turned on by Eve in the temple? Like, I can't even go to the temple. I have, I get really aroused. And the rest of us were like, um, no, that's not our problem. Like, I don't, it was really strange. The guy said it out loud. It's like one of those things where you wouldn't think you'd say it out loud, but he did. Anyway, just hot Eve. It is a thing. Yeah. Some it's males crazy. out there, uh, seem to have a real struggle when they go to the temple with hot Eve, so.
4: I've heard anyway. so many people talk about this, so many yeah. men, and actually not just men, but also women too, that are, you know, uh, have different feelings of a different persuasion. But I don't think any, I don't remember everyone, anyone ever like women saying, well, I guess maybe it was the same Adam a lot of the time, so a hot Adam, but like, as far as I know, that was never a thing. I'm certain there were some women out there that also were <laughs> Just as delighted to to see that. But I, I did want to say Satan
3: was a, kind of attractive in a flamboyant sort of a way, I think. Right. Depending on what you right. know what I mean? He was always the best character, the best lines, and the more flamboyant personalities. So
4: we did get an answer to your question in a comment. So I'll put this one up. Uh, M. Russell Ballard married us. Oh. This is from Cat Smith. And he told me to make sure to clear a path for my husband from the for- front door to his favorite chair when he came home. There you go. And put yeah. some
0: lipstick on.
4: And put some freaking lipstick on.
2: <laughs> <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. I our, muted our myself
1: a lot. I was looking up images of Hot Eve. <laughs> and I, in the morning, I didn't find anything. Turn off your safe filter. <laughs> no, I did not do that. But apparently, it doesn't go back as far as the 79. No, the Hot Eve, the general consensus was the brunette. Yeah. And not the blonde.
2: Yep.
3: That's right.
1: So, anyway, I couldn't find a picture of her, but I found a lot of other interesting pictures. <laughs> and what is this clear a pathing path from the door to the chair? I mean, what kind of yeah. pigsty is this house going to be? There's <laughs> no impediment
3: much. for your husband <laughs> to relax instantly after work. Dinner. There's
1: one path that's from the front door to the easy chair.
3: No, that's Remember, though, Fascinating Womanhood. If you're familiar with that book, Fascinating Womanhood, <clears throat> where they give you all kinds of tips to make your husband comfortable and don't bother him with problems. If you haven't made dinner yet, put an onion in the oven and the house will smell like dinner's ready so he doesn't get agitated. All those advice, yeah. An onion. Yeah. An onion. Try nice. it. It's a great tip. And you can say, it'll be ready in a minute, honey, and it's really like six hours away, but you have that smell of dinner. Yeah, that was in Fascinating Womanhood.
0: Wasn't Ballard the same guy that said, put a little lipstick on Mm -hmm. and don't, you know, talk a little, but don't talk too much. Not too much. Yeah, he was. All right.
4: I wonder if he said that as a
2: sealer.
0: What's that, Maven?
4: I wonder if he ever said that as a sealer, too, potentially.
0: I'm assuming he said a lot of things.
4: (laughs) Yeah. We've got another sealer comment. Uh, This is from Debbie. I saw a sealer literally say my best friend's name wrong the whole time during her temple sealing. And her name is common like with common spelling literally the sealer got her name wrong the whole time and that's another thing maybe we can kind of explain is that if you are lucky and you've got an in or you just or you happen to be mm-hmm. related to uh, somebody who has the uh, ability to be an officiant at the temple this is yet another thing that for most average members of the church they have no control over it's not somebody you know it's just some random guy so it's just yeah. So to get marriage advice, it, it would be one thing if it, you know, again, and if you're lucky, it can be your grandfather or an apostle or a leader or someone close to you that can be the one that's dispensing this supposedly wise advice. But for a lot of people, it's just, it's a complete random stranger.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. I've got a few other phone calls if we want to take them.
1: Well, I think then, we should, but uh, you want to just stop right now? Do we have three in the bank or two that, or yeah, what? I,
0: it's three, and I did about f- uh, five or ten minutes ago. Make it so that no other calls could come in.
1: Okay, everybody. Sorry if you're not in the bank right now. We appreciate your trying, but let's go through the three in the bank. My story's not that good. It's not even really about the temple, so don't worry about me.
0: Uh, I definitely want to get to you, we caller. Have to hear our or what's the? Story. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna let you. We're gonna let you finish with that one, caller. What's the name? <laughs> Allie, Allie, you're on Mormonism Live. With uh, what's your temple story?
15: Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, well, to start with, I actually was went through and was sealed as a child um, with my parents in the mid '70s. So I kind of agree with the previous caller. I did have that experience. And my parents had the one-piece barn door underwear, so that was kind of fun to deal with as a child, to um, to see the parents walking around with the, the long barn door open in the backside underwear. Um, but anyway, personal experience. When I went through the temple, my parents were not happy with the person I was marrying. And... I did my best to be prepared. Um, you know, I bought my dress and it was high neck and the the sleeves were lace and so I lined the sleeves and I thought I had done a really good job, but I didn't line the cuffs. And the the matrons were uh very disappointed that I didn't line the the and cover up my my wrists so my wrists were covered not uncovered in the in the temple so i was a bad girl to have my wrists uncovered and i didn't have an escort and i didn't know that you were supposed to have the temple clothes and um So I think one of the matrons had to go and get some for me from the rental place. And that whole thing of just not having anybody with me was just very traumatic and um, just hard to deal with. And, oh, the other thing is when I went through the washings and anointings, the the lady showed me a little scrap of paper that showed the name on it, and the name was spelled with was spelled differently than I've seen it on the you know the the oracle thing, and so I didn't know for sure how to pronounce it because it wasn't a, a real common name. So I'm like the last but a while i've been thinking well is my new name with an o without an o who knows i don't know anyway that's a couple of the questions a couple of the experiences i had
1: thank you yeah thank you for calling in Allie. so i guess it wasn't you're a bit.
15: welcome thank you so much
4: you're yeah you're welcome
0: have been Should only we explain bitch.
4: some of the context for some that might not understand the like
0: the, the butt flap underwear is that what you're <laughs> oh
4: my oh well, well, please I mean, don't guess, explain yeah, there's, there's that too <laughs> and that, that is something that that um, Bill and R F M as converts you was not part of your childhood experience no. with seeing your parents' garments. You. my parents didn't have the butt flap once, but they were fans my of the, the mesh versions um, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess you you probably maybe inflicted that on on your children but no uh, about the escort thing the the first time that you go through the temple there's typically somebody who's kind of like your your buddy it's like the buddy system and it's usually if they're of course if they're worthy and they're a member your you know your mom for females or your father for males it it does it is gender specific so if you're a girl that's got a great relationship with her dad or vice versa or you know if you're a guy and your mom's the only member and and your dad isn't she could not be your escort it's got to be your same gender and so um yeah and so that person is there to help you i I think for one feel calmer and feel like someone's kind of got your back and that you're not alone in this really strange experience so and i thought you always had to have one so i didn't know that you could go completely alone and that's that's kind of sad i would have assumed maybe a ward member or something uh would have done it and i my i didn't actually have my mom as my escort for when i went to the temple our relationship was really on the the rocks at that point and um so i used a, a family friend um and that kind of destroyed her relationship with my mother because my mother was very upset about that but anyway that's what an escort is so if if anyone was there were some <laughs> funny comments about about that uh, term i just wanted to explain that yeah that's that's what an escort is supposed to do Help and that's role. all
1: they're supposed to do yeah,
4: yeah. But they help you with the clothing, too. That was something that I remember like being really grateful for because that's it's just so confusing. So and again, you you almost always are your first time through like the last one. And they have you up at the front. And so it's it's most people usually kind of turn around and face the back because you you drape the things over the back of the seat until you put them all on. So you see that everybody else is just sitting there, sitting down, looking at you, waiting for you to finish. Obviously, they're patient when they know it's your first time. but. Um, Anyway, And they do have a system. Usually you have a card kind of like pinned to your chest, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Pink for women, blue for for men. And so it was like just kind of a beacon. It was really obvious to everyone else that you were there for your first time. You You're the
0: first timer. Yeah. I
4: forgot
3: about that card. That card makes everybody come up to you and say, isn't it wonderful? They all whisper to you, aren't you loving
1: it? And you're standing there with a card
3: going. I don't know
2: what's
1: happening. (laughs) Everybody's trying to convince themselves that Uh this is the best thing in the world. And I know there's a few people out there and I've talked to some of you and I respect you who really do like the ritual in the temple. I'm just talking for the other 99% of the Yes.
3: Yeah. No, I Um, would say that too. A lot of people absolutely love the temple and my experiences that I'm sharing, I just had extreme anxiety from childhood about the temple and that informed every single experience I had there. So Mine are certainly not typical. And I know a lot of people that have beautiful, lovely, rich experiences there. So, and I'm in no way trying to trample on those at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just want to um, note, Maven's got one of them up there right now. The super chat. So Smitchen, uh said he heard Country Roads, which uh, I love that song. It, it's a song that connects to my mom who's passed away, but it certainly isn't a song that belongs in the <laughs> temple. Uh, so Country Roads, uh, a $10 donation from Smitchin, Thank you. Yeah. uh there was also. Let me. I uh, want to
4: read the the whole thing. If can I do? Oh that? please, yeah please. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. So he it. says the, f- that. the
4: first time I heard the song "Country Roads" was by the Temple Sealer on my first time doing ceilings, and the day before I went on my mission to West Virginia, he sang most of the song. And another comments he's clarified. Yeah, yes, in the Temple ceiling room, <laughs> he sang this song to him before going on his mission. So. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think Smichin did try to come in on the camera, but maybe the devices weren't working, so we weren't able to see, but thanks. thanks
1: oh, no, I'm down. sorry if that's the case. I can see the matron blocking the door and saying,
0: I know what you're going to do in there. You're going to sing yeah.
1: John Denver songs. <laughs> and so
2: then then Thaddeus, oh, I know Thaddeus, I'm sorry, <laughs> right. I know
0: Thaddeus sent a couple of them. One was just t- saying his name, and then there's this one for $10. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to say Thaddeus, but it's Theodus. And and then H Venezuela, $99.99. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate the Thank super chats, folks. Everybody. Yep. All right. Let me grab the next call was, here. Oh, go okay. ahead, Maven.
4: Sorry, I wanted to jump in. This was another question I, I meant to answer with the last time. This, uh, uh, the question is rental place. There are money changers in the temple. <laughs> and yeah, the answer is yes. So with the, the ceremonial garb that you wear, you can but it's always available for rent at the temple and a lot of people will do that and yes it is a couple of dollars some uh temples have been cash only like i i know i've gone to temples before with the wrong currency they either wouldn't take my card and that's what they had um or they wouldn't take cash and that's what i've had and so uh yes so the ceremonial clothing is there and then when you get done and you go down to the locker room to like change back into your regular clothes they have these like gigantic slots in the wall that are basically laundry for you to to put each thing in its separate one and uh, Mm -hmm. it all gets washed But you can in desert book in the back if you are endowed you can show your temple recommend and you can buy your own personal set of clothing your own you know personal dress and the ceremonial extras and so i yeah that is uh, that's how you get those clothes and so yeah again for someone who's a convert and who's new and doesn't have the benefit of family and and, an escort to have all of that Walked through ahead of time. I, I guess I just realized for the first time with that story how little the preparation is for that situation. I think the assumption is that you have someone and can know all of these things. So there's there is no checklist. Obviously, temple prep is useless. But even outside of temple prep, for somebody actually on the path, it's kind of uh, interesting that there's no help for that. Or you know, I, the, again, the assumption is just that. That someone else will explain it to you and so if you don't have that someone else then that's a very lonely sad experience so
0: is there no help for the widow son (laughs) here's here's my yeah uh as you fall out the window at carthage right (laughs) um you can go to deseret di deseret industries if anybody would like a nice white suit jacket just to wear around maybe uh make a part of a good halloween costume or something if you need a white suit jacket di is a great place to go So there's that. All right. uh, Another caller here. What's the name caller? Susan, Ethan. Susan. Susan. Sorry about that. Susan, go ahead. S-U-S-A-N.
10: Yeah.
0: Glad to have you on Mormonism Live. What's your temple story, Susan?
10: Well, I've only been to the temple twice in my life. I was married there in 1969, so you know the ceremony I was seeing. Yes. And um, my parents were not LDS. Well, my mother was fringe LDS, but I attended BYU on a, on a scholarship. My roommate was one of the few returned missionaries I'd ever met there. So when I went to the temple, she accompanied me. The state president had told me that I was going to be learning secrets of the universe. So I'm thinking physics.
2: You know, chemistry,
10: all this different stuff that I'm going to be learning. And then um, mm-hmm. I get into the temple, and I'm going with my roommate. And we were both English lit majors, and we've been doing our practice teaching at the lab. And, he's, and we had been teaching Tom Sawyer together, team teaching it, So... I'm sitting here looking at this ceremony that's going on. I think, this is absolutely crazy. I'm thinking I'm in the cave with Tom Sawyer. So I turn to my, my roommate and say, is your new name Becky? Because I think mine should be. And she goes into hysterical laughing. So they have to stop the whole ceremony and everyone's looking at the two of us. There's my poor seemed to be husband over on the other side wondering what's going on we Sing, could I don't not know that stop woman. giggling finally, <laughs> finally we were able to
1: oh my god and i'm
10: telling my husband right after this i'm never going back again i'm sorry you you don't have you know you can have an annulment i am never returning but then my younger sister is going to get married my husband was in the military we were in germany my mother sent us money for the tickets to go with my sister because no one else in the family could. So, okay, I'm going to go. All right. I can do it one more time and then that's it. <clears throat> but um, I have to preface this by saying my husband's family has propensity to horrendous nosebleeds. I mean, my father in law died in the hospital and he was admitted for a nosebleed. And so, my husband gets these same things. We have to go get him go to the emergency room get a cauterization because he gushes blood. So anyway, I'm in the temple. I'm sitting by my sister. My husband is sitting over on the other side by my sibling brother-in-law. And when he does this throat-slitting thing, you, he right. hits my husband right in the nose, huh. and my oh. husband starts gushing blood
2: (laughs) all over from his nose.
10: It covers him. It covers my soon-to-be brother-in-law and the guy in front of him.
2: And my my sister
10: sees this, and she is, you know, the nervousness of of going to the temple and getting married, that's enough, but she goes into a scary, because (laughs) she's like, you know, where is this blood coming from after we've all just slit our throats?
0: Let this be a lesson to all of but you: Do not share they're... your secret names.
10: <laughs> <laughs> my dear secret name, Becky. Um, but anyway, so they took my husband out, and can't stop these bites. I mean, it's you have to get it cauterized. But he was there. All they found to help him to plug up the nose was a tampon.
2: <laughs> my husband
10: comes walking back in. With a string of a tampon hanging down the nose and string of the, you know, the temple hat kind of screwy off, off the side of his head. And those are my temple experiences, never been again. But I also have things like that to tell you about my first interview. So you need to do something sometime where you talk about the the interviews
1: for 12-year-old young girls. Oh, yeah okay we'll do that that's my story thank you for listening yeah did your husband accidentally get the strings confused and end up tying the tampon up his nose to the to the robe (laughs) yes i hope not the string was
10: hanging down from his nose because they put the tampon in there to try and stop the blade so he's got the string and the from the tampon and the string from the hat hooked
1: up together It's hard to maintain your dignity like that. (laughs) Well, you know, even if he wouldn't have
10: had the nosebleed, those outfits are enough. There's dignity
1: with those outfits. Yeah, I was wondering if the uh, temple workers...
10: But but I'm glad to hear that they're making changes.
1: Yes. Yes.
3: Supposedly.
1: (laughs) If I'd been there, I would have thought... Did this guy actually slit his throat?
10: I Bring the tampon to his nose and put the tampon in the front of the top of the plate. So we got
6: the string and
0: the from the tampon and the string from the hat hooked up
6: together. Hard to
2: maintain your dignity like that. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> I
0: think I just heard you. <laughs> Yeah, I ended that. I don't know what's going on there. Susan, thank you so much. I
3: just have to say what she said was so interesting when she said, I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to go back one more time. It'll be fine. I'll go to my sister's wedding, right? That's how they always, it always happens. It's not. For example, after all of my traumatic experiences, about three years later, a friend was getting married and I'm like, okay, my husband and I can go. It's fine. I don't go to the temple, but I can go into the temple. It was a temple where you wear street clothes. I will just show my recommend. I will go in. I will go to the wedding. What could happen, right? What could be wrong? No. So we're waiting for everybody to get there. We're in the lobby and my husband and I sit on a bench in the lobby and it happens to be over on the side. Um, there's a women's dressing room and a men's dressing room. And then there's a counter where you would purchase clothing. And so we happened to sit on a bench in the lobby on the side where the, you would enter to go to the women's locker room. So we're just sitting there talking, waiting for everybody else to show up to go to see this ceiling. And suddenly this matron, it probably was the same one. I don't know. She comes running over. She goes, sir. She says to my husband, you are going to have to move. And he's like, what? I'm I'm sitting here with my wife. We're waiting to go in a wedding. She goes, "Sir, I have watched you peeping into the women's locker room." I mean, you can't peep into these locker rooms. They have doors. They have like a little, you know, you go through a area where you go around corners. Um, He's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm sitting here with my wife. We're gonna go watch somebody get sealed. She goes, "I'm sorry." You need to move. I can see you peeping into the women's locker room. We got up and moved. And my thought was, okay, if we did peep, honestly, what would we see? I mean, Mm -hmm. really, would you want to peep that? I don't know. But again, that's kind of how they get you. What could happen? Another traumatic event like that. So I hear you, Susan. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
1: Was Susan the last caller on the line, Bill?
3: I thought so.
0: There's one more. Let's have so this. This is the last, the last one. one. This is, I, I will, believe, I'm going to forego
1: my story. This is it. time. No. It's a child story. This call's
0: been waiting 20. Yeah, this one's been waiting 25 minutes.
1: Oh, let's let's, yeah, let's bring this, this person up. On. Crystal.
0: Yep. Hey. Are you there? Is it Crystal? Crystal. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Sorry. My.
9: Crystal. My, uh, totally. choppy.
2: Welcome uh, to Omism uh, Live. Thank tell you us your time, for Crystal.
9: letting me share. <laughs> Thanks. I love you guys. <clears throat> um. Okay, so I was my first husband got divorced, got married again, had two children with him, um, which we were sealed to. Um, and then when I got divorced and remarried, we got pregnant pretty soon after, and then um, went through of building in the temple and. I had to get unsealed from my first husband. And of course, my my uh, new husband didn't have to get unsealed from his first wife who he had divorced. Um, Nothing. And then the application process for that is also very traumatic, having to relive all your bad experiences and trauma, with your spouse. Um, and you have to list all of your past transgressions, even if you've repented. So, so That was really difficult, um, but in the process of applying, um, we had our new little baby, and the stake president came back and said, "Well, this baby was actually born under the covenant with you and your first husband, since you guys aren't sealed yet. So we have to get special permission from the first presidency to let you guys get sealed." To the baby. So that was really interesting. Um, we did I'm get sorry, a I'm letter from
1: laughing. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only laughing, of of
9: Thomas time and, so and um, it talked about there's how. Sorry, what?
1: I'm sorry. I was just explaining was on the screen. I was. La- I'm laughing, but I'm only laughing because it's so horrible. These people have no idea what they're doing. They're making this up as they go along, and they make it up in the worst way possible.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think Bill's frozen, so I think our is frozen also, Bill. Uh-oh. Um, if you hear us. I'm just, just not, not hearing you there? the caller. Oh, okay. She maybe ended the call.
0: Yeah, she did. She hung up. I guess that was her
1: story. But yeah, this is the kind of thing that happens. It is so nuts. Okay. And the reason I say that is because even if we accept uh, Joseph Smith is getting the revelation about the eternal marriage and all this stuff in the temple, everything thereafter has been post hoc, case by case basis, making it up as they go along. And what she's describing, I have experienced it as well. Is this idea that she's married to one man? They're married in the temple. They get divorced. She gets married to this other guy, civilly, right? They get pregnant right away. They have a baby before she and second husband can get to the temple. So now the second, this baby is not born under any covenant between the mom and the baby's dad because they're not sealed in the temple, but they are born under the covenant of. The first marriage that this uh, woman, Crystal, has with her first husband. So now she's divorced this husband and had a baby with her second husband, right? The second baby belongs to the first husband. That's what she's describing. If any of you weren't following along with that. It is <laughs> now, a, a lot different.
2: of people,
3: they don't yeah. realize this until you see it in action. And I have a family friend where this happened. She was married. Her husband died. She had no children with him. She marries again. She lives a long life. She has five children. Those children don't belong to the second husband because she's been sealed to the first husband. And they just assume it's going to work itself out. But the idea that you aren't even entitled to your own children and this second husband goes along with that, he understands that and thinks that it will work out later. And these are the kind of questions that are asked like at conference by women who say, what about my first husband, my second husband and people like president Oaks laugh at that. It's not a laughing matter. If you believe in this, it's it's your family, it's your life. These things are infuriating. If you really think them through.
1: Yeah. If the celestial kingdom weren't true, the apostles would have destroyed it long ago.
0: <laughs> there are a couple other super chats. Again, he, the, is it Theotis, Theotis again or is it uh, the Jay, bucks, Theotis exactly, Jay an old... sent very, another ten bucks. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh! Very prolific Thank this you. evening. Thank so
0: you. There's that. Yeah. Do you and read the one? anyone where they cite pay money? anything? They... What's that?
7: <laughs> That's a good one.
1: Yeah, because Theotis had said something with his donation. I thought he says you oh, can call me Theotis. You, <laughs> you can call me. I got it see. right. Jay Whoopi, yeah. and thank you for this very entertaining podcast. You all are wonderful. See, wasn't that worth it to read that?
0: Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Chris Murphy said, can anyone cite anything they learned in the temple ever other than pass- passwords, passwords or and handshakes? handshakes? Exactly. So thanks, Chris, uh, for that donation.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's appreciate always it. this thing that Hugh Nibley would always All right, always folks, appreciate the super chats. And Hugh Nibley was lying like, when he said did it, that he always one? learned... They always that one. do something new when he goes to the temple. How many people have heard that?
3: Yeah. Well, you're always waiting for yeah. meat, right? Milk, meat. There's that elusive meat that's out there that's supposed to be in the temple. I never yeah. saw any meat in the temple.
1: There is none. And so no. you you always go and you don't learn anything. So you make stuff up to try and make mm-hmm. the promise come true. And then when that fails and your imagination fails you, then you feel guilty because you must not be righteous enough to be yeah. learning something every time you go through the temple like Hugh
0: freaking Nibley yeah and what does suzy Q say you Q said then was given his yeah am i breaking up happen? oh yeah all
1: over the place man
0: you want me to read this I, go maven, ahead and read it please
1: yeah could you read this from maven
4: Oh, you want me? Sorry, I thought you were going to read it. Okay, Suzy Q says, My husband was given his own name as his new name, which is not how it's supposed to work. The first time he went through the temple, he let the worker know, and it was quickly changed to Amulek instead. I guess God got confused, which is interesting because, so you're given a new name, and if it just so happens, and and this is on rotation, and the rotation is available online Mm -hmm. at fullerconsideration.com, Um, so if if you happen to have the actual name that you're supposed to receive you're supposed to default to adam or eve that's what i thought too yeah 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 so if 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 you're going through and um, yeah i guess your name is david so i i I had a friend named david and i think david was the day that was the name being given out to men going through that day so he got Adam. that was the default so it's interesting maybe it was
3: adam if the default name is your name and that is your day, then
4: what? maybe yeah. you're Amulek. Maybe that's how it works. But
1: They're, then you have the, the regular name that will cover you.
4: Right. So you if, if Amulek had been the name that day, then his name would have had to have been Amulek. If that makes sense?
2: Yeah. yeah I, on I, the night of
4: Nimrod. Name.
3: I think Nimrod's a safe bet. Oh, Most yeah. people today are not going to walk in with the name Nimrod. Most I'm,
2: people. So God help you. Apologies
3: to all the Nimrods out there. I'm really sorry.
1: <laughs> God help you if your name is Mahershalal Hoshbath. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't we need RFM story now? Sorry,
1: right, we got a default man. That's the that's the new name for the day. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. No, actually, we're not going to do my story because we're approaching two two hours. But that back. makes me
3: feel guilty. I told so many stories and everyone's waiting for yours.
1: That's my plan, is to make you feel guilty about it. No, it's not that great a story, everybody. This is what a good host does and what I do too, which is I try and have other people be able to tell their stories. Have the audience tell their stories, and I'm just sort of here juggling and spitting the plates with Bill's help. And Maven's help, too. Or she's my doing interference. All stuff. <laughs> what? One or the other. Yes, or one my or the
0: interference.
1: Other. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Well, this that's all for tonight, everybody, on Mormonism Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here, Rebecca Biblioteca, and joining us as our very special guest. Thank you, Maven, for everything that you do to make this Show work, thank you, Bill, for everything that you do as well and so um Bill, do you want to just announce what next week's going to be, or we'll just let that let that be a surprise?
0: Delay I will say that we are going to cover what celestial marriage is from eight before eighteen ninety, and we will examine if celestial marriage or the new and everlasting covenant equals what the church wants us to think today that it is.
1: Actually, a very, very important subject. And uh, I people who are not familiar with the subject may not get how important that is just from that brief description. But yeah, there's been a lot of rebranding, taking things that once meant something one way in the LDS church. And then it's in the scriptures, right? Especially section 132. And then changing that over time so that now the same phrase means something completely different Because we're not practicing plural marriage
0: anymore. Yeah, get into that next week.
4: Sounds good. Gonna be good. (laughs) Good. good.
0: Thank you, everybody. Once again, thank thank,
1: you. Yes, thank you for watching. Join us next week on Wednesday, January seventeenth at six twenty p.m. Mountain Time. Same bat time. Same bat channel for Mormonism live. Good night, everybody.
2: Jehovah, Michael,
0: see yonder is matter unorganized. Go ye down and organize it into a world like unto the world you have here to your first day and bring me word.